Good morning. Welcome to worship here at University Heights United Methodist Church. It is a, a joy to be in this space with you or online or connecting by the radio. Uh, pray you've had a good week and uh, the Holy Spirit has been evident to you in reassuring and healing ways. It's great to worship together this morning as we continue in our What's Love Got to Do With It series. I hope that you are uh, delighted by some of the music that is in store for you today. Just a few uh, quick announcements. Uh, today is Valentine's Day Eve, but it is also Super Bowl Sunday, and we are grateful for your generosity in supporting uh, the Bibbs Pantry through your donations of peanut butter and jelly. Um, there's an excellent uh, article, synopsis of the Bibbs Pantry Ministry in your bulletin, so I hope you'll check that out. Today, as you exit the sanctuary, you may be sacked by some uh, young people who are uh, encouraging you to support the Super Bowl offerings, supporting uh, community lunch and Fletcher Place meals. So thank you for your generosity to today's special offering. Also, uh, just as a reminder, the loose change offering for this month helps to support uh, the food that goes towards uh, you know, our funeral hospitality, meals and food that we share with grieving families. So as you support the offering plate with change, it goes in that way. Community lunch is coming up. I believe it's uh, next Saturday, February 19th. So I hope you have that on your schedule, either to help participate or uh, to be there and eat in fellowship with some of the folks gathered there. 
Uh, Heidi is here this morning to offer a quick announcement uh, on my behalf and on the church's behalf about an opportunity that's coming up. So thank you as chair of Staff Parish for giving this little announcement. Good morning. Good morning. So this is something that um, actually somewhat would have started before uh, the pandemic actually happened. Um, Pastor David is eligible to apply for what is called the Lilly Renewal Endowment Grant. And this grant is something that will provide not only time for Pastor David to be able to go away um, for a minimum of three months to um, have some retreat time, travel, um, and do some additional educational resources, but it will allow also money to come to the church to for, oh, so sorry, additional um, to have spiritual support here so we can pay for um, pastoral support during that time. Just so you know, this is a really good time. The church is actually in a very nice spot. At this time, we are in a strong spot, I believe, where we are spiritually and leadership-wise. This is also a really good time for um, Pastor David and his family to apply for this grant because his children are at this beautiful, perfect age before they're just old enough to be able to still want to enjoy and love time with their parents. We all know what happens as, they, uh, as children slightly go older and they're like, no, no, don't want to be with you. Um, so this is a really good time uh, for David and his family to have this grant applied for. We are in the uh, application stage. Um, he is working with the support team here. Um, this application will be applied for by April 27th. If it is granted to us, um, David will not have, Pastor David will not have time off until April, uh, 2023. So we are prayerfully hoping that this actually happens um, so that he can be spiritually renewed and then we can support him in that. And then we can also support any other pastoral people who come to us during that time to help us so we can lift someone else up while they lift us up during this time. So it wouldn't be towards summer of next year. And again, this is something that will be fully supported monetarily um, and spiritually. So please just know that with this, Pastor David also has the intent, and part of that is this is not a way for him to slowly try and leave us. Um, this is so he can be renewed and then he will be staying on afterwards. That is part of the grant that he has to, any pastor who is granted this has to stay on for a period of time. So it's not a time for any pastor. We just want to put that out there. It's not a time for them to be able to look for somewhere else. That is something that's purely for renewal. Um, so please lift David and our team and his family up in the prayers that we really do hope that this happens. And um, if you have any questions regarding this um, endowment or that, please seek myself out or Pastor David. We'd be happy to um, answer any questions for you. Thank you. Thank you, Heidi. Yes, maybe some of you have the perception that I'm a fairly young man, but uh, tw next year will be my 20th anniversary of full-time ministry. So, uh, so this is an exciting uh, opportunity and and. We'll pray about that process as it goes along. Again, the praises of God be with us. May God's love touch us today as we worship and as we grow and as we learn. Uh, I invite you to greet those around you with uh, love today. Maybe not the Valentine types of love, but a good handshake and a welcome to service would be appropriate here this morning. Good morning. Let us pray as we prepare our hearts for today's service. Gracious 
loving God, God of relationship, God of intimacy, God of mercy and forgiveness. Meet us in this place today. We long to know you more fully, to experience your presence with us more richly, to be an example of your love more thoroughly. We bring our praises, Lord, and thanks. We bring our hearts open for you to work. Draw us together and draw us into faith and covenant with you. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Good morning, Cheryl. Stand if you are able and join with me in the call to worship. <clears throat> a gift of a new day. Unlived, unlived untried, untried, ready, ready to, to be opened. opened. A new day with all the surprising miracles, with, with love, love to be, be given, given, kindness to be shared, A gift of a new day, God's, God's gift, gift to, to us. us. Let us receive it with joy. And live it in expectation. The hymn of praise this morning is Sweet, Sweet Spirit, number 334. Repeat with me the opening prayer. God of gods and Lord of lords, we come to worship today to hear your good news, to hear of faith, hope, and love ringing out from your kingdom. We know that doubt, fear, and hatred can shake every the strongest. 
Shape us into the faithful, hopeful people. Fill us with your love that passes all understanding. We pray this together in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Our affirmation of faith this morning is the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he arose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of faith, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our hymn of prayer this morning is The Gift of Love, number 408. time of prayer together. Open your hearts to the voice of God now. O oh Lord God, your love is patient, and we give you thanks this morning for all those who have been patient with us, who have taught us and cared for us, and we pray for the patience to love others as you have loved us. O oh Lord God, your love is kind. Give us the courage to be kind to others, to serve those with patience who are so often rude and difficult to love, those who we see as enemies to us. They are your children, our sisters and brothers. They were made in your image. Your love is not pompous. Give us insight to speak the truth in love and for the sake of your kingdom not out of the need to appear clever or right, 
Give us the wisdom to listen far more than we speak. Your love does not seek its own interest, O Lord. We thank you and pray for those who serve the poor and those in need, who give tirelessly of themselves, and who have much to do and little time for themselves. Your love is not quick-tempered, O God, and we pray for those who are angry, we pray for the violent and for their victims, for children who fear, for elders who are abused, for people trapped in relationships that injure and harm. Your love bears all things, O Lord, and we remember before you those with heavy burdens, many cares, much stress, and too little comfort and help. Open our eyes to those around us and their needs. Give us wisdom to offer help without any sense of superiority to them. As we pray for healing this morning, we continue to lift into your care those who are battling COVID-19, facing upcoming surgery or healing from recent surgery. Please be in the healing process for Mimi Kramer after her knee surgery. We lift up into your care Ben Moore as he is hospitalized. We pray for his care. We acknowledge we worship you, O Lord, knowing that your love never fails. Even death does not trespass on the depth of your love. We thank you for those we have loved in this life and who now dwell in the peace and the joy of your presence. Let your comfort settle on those who are bereaved and lonely today. Your love is extravagant. It is free. It is everlasting. May it touch the hearts of your people today as they seek to love in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. So I'd like to talk to you all today a little bit about love. And in particular, in Corinthians 13, it says... What are you guys doing over here? I was getting ready to kind of get into a message. Does not boast. Does not pray. Does not envy. All right. Yeah. Let's go for it. You're right. I mean, you speak truth. Like, love is moving. It is watching over us. It's after us. It wants to capture us and, and, and be with us always and keep its eye on us. And... Okay. No, stalkerish. Come on. I mean, whoa, careful there. Love the instrument, my friend. I mean, capture it, embrace it. I mean, love might want to think about getting a restraining order. Oh, come on. Now, I'm just trying to talk about God's love just like you guys are. Uh, no, we're, we're trying to jam out to a love song. I love jam. Hey, come on, breakfast, man. Okay. It's the most important meal of the day. Do you mind? All right. No, I'm sorry. Sorry to offend. Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's just go, keep going with this. Love does not envy. Love is not arrogant or rude. What? I mean, we're singing about love not being rude. Yeah, it's not tone deaf either. Oh, okay. All right. Just go ahead. Do your thing. Well, <laughs> I mean, you guys just said patient twice, you know? Yeah, 
Well, I mean, Corinthians 13 talks about love in lots of ways. Can't you come up with just more than one adjective? Real love has a double dose of patience. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay, I just, I just think the people here want to hear some sound biblical teaching about love and not just some hokey song. Okay, fine. Just, I hope you love singing by yourself then. <laughs> well, you know, we do talk a lot about love and sing about love and preach about love and how we should obey it, but how do we live love? If love is supposed to be the greatest of hope, faith, and love, then shouldn't God's love be the very root, the foundation, the motivation for everything we do in life? Welcome back. Yeah, they uh, didn't like our music. I mean, oh. Faith and Hope liked it, but mm. they didn't love it. They didn't love it. Well, you know what, guys? I admit, I wasn't really living out God's love very well with you. So I think I'd really appreciate if you offered your song. I mean, I'm serious. Just fight through the pain. I'm okay, sorry. Okay, because you begged. Okay, all right. Are you guys just singing to the tune of Love Hurts? No, Love Does Hurt. Oh. And Love Stinks, but you know, what's Love Got to Do With It Anyway? If it's a second-hand emotion. Okay, get out of here. Okay, I think we're done here with the music. Thank you, thank you. We reflect on the love of God as spoken to us through scripture this morning. And I'll invite you to participate in this reading of Psalm 136. It has a repetitive refrain to it that goes like this. For his steadfast love endures forever. Can you repeat that with me? For his steadfast love endures forever. Hear this word of God for the people of God today. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the God of gods, for his steadfast love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who alone does great wonders, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who by understanding made the heavens, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who spread out the earth on the waters, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who made the great lights, for his steadfast love endures forever. The sun to rule over the day, for his steadfast love endures forever. And the moon and the stars to rule over the night, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who struck Egypt through their firstborn, for their steadfast love endures forever. And brought Israel out from among them, for his steadfast love endures forever. With a strong hand and an outstretched arm, for his steadfast love endures forever. Who divided the Red Sea in two, for his steadfast love endures forever. And made Israel pass through the midst of it for his steadfast love endures forever, but overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea, for his steadfast love endures forever, who led his people through the wilderness, for his steadfast love endures forever, who struck down great kings, for his steadfast love endures forever, and killed famous kings, for his steadfast love endures forever. Sihon, King of the Amorites, for his steadfast love endures forever. And Og, King of Bashan, for his steadfast love endures forever. And gave their land as a heritage, for their steadfast love endures forever. 
a heritage to his servant Israel. It is he who remembered us in our low estate, for his steadfast love endures forever, and rescued us from our foes. Steadfast love endures forever, who gives food to all flesh, for his steadfast love endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his steadfast love endures forever. May we respond in singing this morning our hymn of praise forever. The New Testament lesson this morning is a familiar one, you'll all know. You probably memorized it one time or another. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 13. If I speak of the tongues of mortals and not of angels, but do not have love, I'm a noisy gong or clanging cymbal. And if I have a prophecy powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith, so as to remove mountains, but, not to, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give away my possessions, and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or, re- or resentful. It does not rejoice in the wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. But as for prophecies, they will come to an end. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part, and we prophesy only in part, But when the complete comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. 
When I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but when we will see face, but then we will see face to face. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. And now faith, hope, and love abide in these three. The greatest of these is love. Amen. all to you. Do you know what tomorrow is? What's tomorrow going to be? You're right. It is Valentine's Day, and I am so excited because I am going to be getting so much. Did you see all the Valentines that I passed out to everybody this morning as they were coming into church? Yeah, those Valentines. So that means I'm going to get all of that back from everybody that I passed out to them. That, that's how it works, right? If you give things to other people, they always give things back to you. Yeah, you're right. No, it really doesn't work like that. But I already did get something. When I give to others, it's because I want to give to others. And it makes me happy, and it makes me full of joy. So that's what I already got back when I gave those Valentines out this morning. There's a lot of ways we can give to others without buying something for them. We can be extra kind. We can do something special for them. We can give someone a great big smile. Oh, I should take my mask off so you can see me smile. <laughs> and we can remember to tell someone thank you. Just all kinds of ways. Well, our church family is doing something for others this morning, and you're all going to help me out with this, which is extremely kind of all of you. We all know this is Super Bowl Sunday, which involves a football game later on. But it's also S-O-U-P-E-R, Super Bowl of Caring Sunday, like the soup that you eat. We have been collecting peanut butter and jelly and applesauce for our Bibbs pantry and other. Um, and after the service, you're going to stand out by the doors and hold the soup pans. And maybe some people will put some change in there, maybe some dollar bills. Um, as they're leaving the sanctuary to help support our outreach ministries, like a Fletcher Place and our community lunch and School 65 and some of those things that we do. And we're not the only ones that are doing that in our church. Everybody is doing that all over the country today. And they can pick where they would like that money to go to help service in their areas too. We may never know whose lives we touch by doing this, and that's okay. God wants us to take care of each other and love each other. I hope it makes, appeal, makes people feel happy and brings them joy when, by doing something wonderful for others. I know it makes God happy. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for all that we have and all that we are able to do for others to bring joy and love to the world. Amen. And have a happy Valentine's Day tomorrow. I think you've been given your uh, your announcement. Valentine's Day is tomorrow, so be prepared. Lots of stores stocking up on greeting cards, heart-shaped boxes of chocolates, bouquets of flowers. But some steamy lover out there will be strumming his guitar and offering up a bit of music as his gift. Thousands of years, folks, have been putting into music the most intense longings of their souls, their deepest regrets of their hearts. Love songs have touched 
every step, every moment of our life, whether it's on a first date or first breakup or an engagement, a wedding party, a couple's dance around your living room at the age of 82. I'm sure many of you have a song, a memory that reminds you of significant moments of your life. What are the great love songs? I'm sure you have your favorite. But can you guess the name of some singers and song titles here this morning? I like to call this Pastor David's Love Song Quiz. Just shout out your answer, the artist, the name of the song. The quicker you shout it out, the sooner I'll stop singing. So here we go. All right? This makes me nervous, but this will be fun. All right. Unforgettable, that's what you are. Who sang it? Nat King Cole, very good. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, that's more. Dean Martin, way to go. Um, that's why I ask the Lord in heaven above, what's this thing called love? Ella Fitzgerald, sorry, Frank Sinatra. It's an important one, but I don't know it well. Okay. Love, love me do. You know I love you. Oh, the Beatles, very good. very good. I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. My girl by the temptations. Whoa, my love. Righteous Brothers, Unchained Melody. Uh, all right, let's see. As you can tell everybody, this is your song. It might be quite simple, but now that it's done. Your song, Elton John. It's late in the evening. She's wondering what clothes to wear. She puts on her makeup and brushes her blonde hair and she asks me do i look all right and i say yes you look wonderful tonight didn't do a good eric clapton okay keep moving on i'm gonna keep on loving you because it's the only thing i want to do keep on loving you ario speedwagon we're only into the 80s folks all right okay <laughs> I just called to say I love you. Thank you. All right. We got one. All right. You know it's true. Everything I do, I do it for you. Don't tell me it's not worth fighting for. That's Brian Adams. That was horrible. Okay, we're moving right along. Uh, and I will always Dolly Parton or Whitney Houston. Yes, all right, good. Um, near, far, however you are, I believe. Yes, the Titanic thing song. All right, let me see. I'll move into the 2000s here, and this is even worse. Um, <laughs> Got me looking crazy right now. Your love's making me crazy. <laughs> Thank you, Shay. She's like, stop the Beyonce right now, P.S. or David. <laughs> uh, give your all to me, and I'll give my all to you. John Legend. Okay, enough is enough. Clap that it's over. Clap that it's over. You guys did pretty good, though. You did pretty well, much better than I did. Okay. It's been estimated, can you believe this? Over 100 million love songs have been recorded. The variety is staggering. Mark Chilton has done some research on why love songs work so well. On one, le at one level, he says, they use poetry that helps describe our experience. Love is like oxygen, love is a butterfly, Love is like a heat wave, like a bridge over troubled waters. Love is a battlefield, love is a drug, a temple, a higher law. These lyrics put into expression feelings we possess. 
But Chilton also concludes that love songs tell our story. We resonate with them and say, yes, that's how I feel, or that's how I once felt. Nostalgia is a key element to many of these love songs. Other songs are about pining and about reaching and about desiring for love, as if love is this quick, digestible morsel that we can devour if we only get our hands onto it. So they connect to us, these love songs, because they speak to our own yearnings. Or as Elton John once stated, most of the long-lasting love songs are about heartbreak. Taylor Swift has been remarkably successful, making millions of fans feel that they are personally connected to her love woes. Bruce Steenstein believes that to write any good love song, you have to have something bothering you all the time. Or songwriter Nick Cave once shared, those songs that speak of love without having lines of ache or sigh are not love songs at all. His inspiration for writing music came as he was searching to cope from the unexpected death of his father. He shares, though love songs take many forms, songs of exaltation, praise, songs of rage and despair, erotic songs, songs of abandonment and loss, they all address God, for it is the haunted premise of longing that the true love song inhabits. A love song is a howl in the void. Is this what love is? A quick pleasure, one that is fleeting, jagged, unattainable, out there to be grasped, painful, and then gone? That seems to be the repeated refrain from our love song library. Is that the full experience of love? Is that the only love that we know how to receive or know how to give? The Apostle Paul presents love in a different light as he grabs his own microphone or papyrus paper. His lyric, which has contributed to many Christian weddings, was rooted in fostering this community in Corinth, believers in Jesus coming together for the first time. Paul believed that Jesus' death and resurrection had fulfilled God's great promise to create this new community that would be formed in its trust for God and its care for one another. This revolutionary community would resist competing voices and priorities of the world, their definitions of love, and devote itself primarily, completely, to the priorities of God. But Corinth was having much trouble living into this new love model. This church was a mess. Levels of selfishness, grip on previous bad behaviors, held them captive to embracing the beloved community of Jesus. There were factionalized groups arguing about who was the best celebrity preacher to follow. They were loving them some popularity. The wealthier members of the community were enjoying the Lord's Supper feast before the poor folks came and the food was gone by the time they arrived. They were loving them some privilege some were falling prey to some very loose sexual ethics. They were loving themselves some pleasure. Many were competing about who was the spiritual elite, showing off their spiritual gifts. They were loving themselves some prestige. They were all divided, lobbying insults at one another, loving some personal satisfaction. The root of their dysfunction, a failure to relate to one another in this new beautiful love. They were singing the wrong love songs. And that would not do, says Paul, if they are to be exemplars of God's new and better way. So he wrote to them and said, I've handed on to you the first important thing which I had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with scripture 
that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day. He appeared to many and at last to me, for I am the least of the apostles because I persecuted the church. But by the grace of God, I am who I am and his grace to me has not been in vain. God's extraordinary love as Paul has experienced it, marvelous, revolutionary, radical acceptance, self-giving love that has shaped him and how he sees other people. And Paul says to the Corinthians, you have received this grace as well. In every way you have been enriched in him, in your speech, in your knowledge, in the fact that you have spiritual gifts of all kinds, Clearly, God has had an impact on you. God's abundant love has created remarkable change in this congregation, he says. But the very gem of God's grace has been missed. The greatest treasure given to the community. That is the embrace of God's love. The principle within, the guiding force and their light. Love, while is an action, is not one specific action but it is the character that dictates all action. It isn't showy, it isn't competitive, it's consistent, it's diverse, it's colorful, it flows from God's spirit, transforming how we build relationship, how we create our communities. So we can do church, and we can perform the most religious acts, but they're worthless if they are not fueled by God's love in us. All that great preaching, all the teaching, healing, sharing of wisdom, showering hospitality, cooking up the very best potluck lunches. It's defunct, if not enlivened by God's spirit of love. Paul says that love that God pours into us is not filio, this weak, non-consequential love that we share with periphery friends on Facebook. It's not eros, this passionate, romantic love that may beat for a moment, that then may get broken up, broken down. It's not even storage, that protective love we have for our children and family. This love's not characterized by how it feels or how it fails. This love has no interest in that special quest to get back that loving feeling. It's sacrificial, it's self-giving. I mean, just think about how Jesus has loved you. He's loved you with patience while you struggle with your commitment to the Lord's ways. He's loved you with kindness, not condemning us for past mistakes. He's loved us with humility, not boasting that he's one with God, but offering himself to us when we hurt the most. He loves us with obedience to God's wishes. He loves us with trust and hope even when the world is filled with dismay and resentment. He loves us with courage, fighting for justice, for acceptance, for welcome, for wholeness. He loves you with determination to push back any evil that influences your life, any force that seeks to destroy or undo you. It's love at work. It's leaning on God's power. It's love that lasts and is born in us and becomes our own. Elie Wiesel, a Jewish writer, Holocaust survivor, tells the story of, her, of the time, his time and family in Hungary during uh, World War II, living in the shadow of death, knowing that any day Nazis might arrive at their door. Talks about this peasant woman by the name of Maria, who was a Christian, who often visited during the early years of the war, Maria would come. Eventually, non-Jews were not allowed entrance into the ghetto, but that didn't stop Maria. She found her way through the barbed wire, came anyway, bringing fruit, vegetable, cheese. She knew of a cabin in the hills. She offered to take children, of which Ellie was one at the time, hide them before the SS came. The Wiesels decided, after much debate, to stay together as a family, but they were deeply moved by Maria's gesture. 
Years later, this is what Ellie Wiesel writes about that good woman. Dear Maria, if other Christians had acted like her, the trains rolling towards the unknown would have been less crowded. If priests and pastors had raised their voices, if Vatican had broken its silence, the enemy's hand would have been so free, but most thought only of themselves. But I think of Maria with affection and with gratitude and wonder. The simple, uneducated woman stood taller than the city's intellectuals and dignitaries and clergy. My father had many acquaintances and friends in the Christian community, but not one of them showed the character and strength of this peasant woman. Of what value was their faith, their education, their social position, if it did not arouse love? It was a simple and devout Christian woman who saved the town's honor. The love of Jesus has been given to us. It grows in us, becomes evident in us, in our marriages, in our engagement with our friends, with our neighbors, with the world. That love could become our song, our, our lyric. It has to be chosen daily, prayed over, studied, practiced, constantly used in order to become effective, to become at the heart of who we are. I think it's time to change the narrative about love, the way we sing about it, how it always wounds or falls short or breaks the heart, leaves us lonely. Because there's a different love that gives and suffers and promises and will not fail. And it matters more than anything and outlasts anything. Faith will someday be replaced with certainty. Hope will give way to fulfillment. Love is always given to you, shared by you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thanks be to God. Amen. In love and in generosity, we offer our gifts today. Let us reflect on the word of God in this time of offering.
we are blessed with God's everlasting love and giving back a small portion in Jesus' name. Amen. As we close in our final hymn, you'll notice that the tune sounds familiar to something we sang earlier, but the lyrics are different. We are bracketed by love. The melody of love surrounds us. May we go forth singing in joy when love is found. May you leave this house of worship in the steadfast love of God, inspired by the love of the Holy Spirit, ready to share the love of Jesus Christ to all who cross your path. May grace, hope, peace, and love of God, the Creator, the Sustainer, the Redeemer, be with you now and forever. Amen. <laughs>